Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Vanessa, it's time to record the intro. Vanessa. Oh, man, she's not here. Okay, um, hey, welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. And in this episode, we uh, talk about Origins and Rocky Mountain Gaming Vacation. And uh, we review, oh, man, a lot of games. Vanessa's so much better at this than I am. Hello, and welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode number 122, Rocky Mountain High. I'm Tony. Rocky Mountain High in... I can't forget the words. You forgot them. Rocky Mountain... Okay. Rocky Mountain High in... Okay, it's been a long time since I've listened to a Bob Denver song. It is Bob, not Bob Denver. Bob Denver, oh my gosh. Bob Denver's Gilligan is <laughs> Oh my gosh, just sit right back and you hear a telltale of a fateful trip. Oh my God, John Denver, you, you cretin. John Denver, John Denver, sorry. How yeah. dare um, you? How, oh my heavens. Oh, and that was Marty just completely blowing the intro here. So anyway, this is, like I said, Rolling Dice and Taking Name, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Hey, how's it going, man? What's been doing we've been we've been on vacation man uh yeah we have it has been a long time since you and i have recorded because before you went to the rocky mountain gaming vacation and before i went to origins we put together a couple episodes to be released while we were gone and we hadn't talked to each other in a while and a lot a lot has gone on since we've seen each other and good job on the emerson interview getting him back on the show to talk about century That was a stressful night right there. (laughs) Stressful night because we were supposed to have Emerson on. We tried to get him on. He had a horrible connection in Canada. Uh, Next thing I know, Tony and I are like struggling. What do we do? Tony said, let's just record a segment where we say, okay, here's the deal. Uh, Marty will be talking to him. And then my fingers were crossed. That was going to work out for me to talk to him later. Oh, the magic of radio. I'm telling you, but yes, it worked out. Emerson came on and Tony, I have a lot to share about uh, Century Spice Road uh, from Plan B Games. Uh, when we talk about our origins, uh, my origins trip, and I, it, just in short, uh, the game was pretty well received there. Yeah, think, I mean, I, and I've got something to share from Rocky Mountain about Century as well, which I posted a picture and don't get on me about my Instagram picturing. Oh, 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 we're starting here because I was going to save it. Let's talk about that. Tony, <clears throat> this is Marty to Tony. Tony, when you go, make sure to Instagram, dude, social media. This is a big trip. I want you to share picture after picture after picture. I'm on Instagram day after day, looking nothing, looking nothing, looking nothing. Third day, finally, a picture shows up. It's a picture of a bag of potato chips. I'm like, what the heck is going on? The guy has been at a Rocky Mountain gaming vacation, playing games, hiking, seeing the great outdoors. And the first thing he posts is a bag of potato chips. Fine, we'll go there. So when I get there, one of the first things that happens is I think I lose my phone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where's my phone? Did I drop it somewhere? Because we had gone to this incredible place, which we'll talk about later. And I'm, I'm, panicked. I am freaking out. Where is my phone? And so I'm looking around, looking around. So I go back to the restaurant. They're looking for me. I'm digging. 
And I go back to the gaming hall and I come in and there's my wife. She hands me my phone and she goes, here it is. I go, oh, did somebody pick it up for me at the restaurant? Did they bring it back? A few days later, I come to find out she picked it up by accident and was carrying it. <laughs> she didn't know you. she had it? No, she, she thought it was hers. But then she goes, what's this in my pocket? Oh, that's Tony's. Well, what's this in my pocket? Oh, that's my phone. Oh, wow. Well, so that's your excuse. Well, that and just that I, my, my phone doesn't take great pictures. But I did tweet out, and I, and, you, and I appreciate you almost making a comment about was me sitting on a duck. Uh, that was pretty funny. Oh, thank you. I assume that's in answer to Rodney Smith from Watch It Played picture of him on a goose. What was it? A swan, a, a, swan, goose, a goose or something, or something like that. that. Yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was actually really cool. I'm, I'm glad you did that. That's uh, one of the like four pictures you shared. Yeah, it was like I, I text Tony and I said, would you please share some pictures? He said, I'm doing one a day. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> one a day. That's better than what I normally do. Once a, once a week. Hey, point taken. That That is very true. So I cannot wait to hear about your trip because it sounded like you had a, it sounded like you had a great time. I couldn't tell from the pictures whether you had a great time, yeah. but it sounded like when you, when you got back, you, you had a really good time. But Tony, Tony, what? we can finally answer the question that people have been wondering for a month. Who in the world? won our Wonder Woman opening weekend contest. Tony and I ran a contest. It's like, who can uh, guess to the closest amount, the amount of money that Wonder Woman's going to make opening weekend in U.S. dollars? We actually announced this uh, during our movie, summer movie episode earlier, and kind of reminded you. And Tony, the numbers were a lot closer. People, There were some close guesses here. I was amazed by that. First off, and the reason why we picked Wonder Woman or for the contest is that we all know DC movies have bombed. So, yes. So it could have been, uh, you could have said $2, and you may have been right. It was a DC movie, Wonder Woman. It's taking off at the box office. Oh, my heaven. Good pick. Good pick there. Very, very happy with it. I think it's actually, I think it's on pace to uh, blow away Batman versus Superman. I, I don't have the stats in front of me. It's doing really well. It's going to easily surpass Suicide Squad. And I think it's going to uh, potentially pass Batman versus Superman. It's going to pass any DC movie. Come on. It doesn't have to work hard to pass any DC movie. I, whoa, 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 whoa. You, I think you got to go back to Dark Knight. I'm okay. not sure how much Dark Knight made, but it made a lot of movies. I, I still consider that a DC movie. But of the recent DC movies, yes. And you know what, Tony? Have you seen it? Oh, good gosh, yes. Oh, yes. man. Oh, so it, it good. It deserves it. So good. It deserves it. Hats off to DC. You got it right. This movie is so good. If you haven't seen it yet, you got to go check this but, out. It treated the character with respect. It was a good story. I love the period piece where it takes place during uh, World War One. Just so well done. Now, if I were to call Donna in here, she would slightly disagree with that point. Because when we left there, she felt that they portrayed Wonder Woman as a little bit ditzy. No. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't. I didn't see that. Why did she see that? Because it was like she was constantly clueless, and I'm like, "But dear, she's a fish out of water." Yeah. She's she was on an island, and she's like, "Yes, but she, but she remembers the Linda Carter who knew all that. You know, knew everything was just went well into it. I mean, but I did love how they brought in the whole aspect of the the languages and everything. You know, the clay. They even mentioned the clay. I'm like, "You go, DC. You are nailing it on the on the head right there. That it was amazing." 
Yeah, but, but you know, it's not much different than, uh, say, for example, when uh, Captain America, when Steve Rogers woke up in the present, he had that fish out of water thing for a little while. And when Thor came to Earth, yeah. you know, it, it was it was pretty much the same thing. So you, you've had your same sort of things with other characters. So I think it followed suit. But guaranteed, you know, the next movie that she's in, she'll be, you know, right on. You know, she won't be have that ditzy feel to her anymore because she'll be integrated into society at that point. I know this is a spoiler, but get over it. Oh, wow. Hold on. Spoiler alert. Go ahead. Daddy Weasley was the bad guy. I, could, I couldn't get my head around that. That's who that was. Yes. Oh, I didn't, couldn't remember. I knew that guy looked familiar. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I do have one beef with the movie, and I'm not going to go into it because it was spoiler, but it has to do with that, but I just can't talk about it. The, the villain is my one beef with the movie. Congratulations to our winners. As a reminder- We didn't announce who the winner was. No, of course we haven't, but we're going to. That's why I'm saying it now. People are waiting with bated breath. Okay, they're actually not. They're probably like, skip forward 30 seconds, skip forward 30 seconds. When are you done? They're still talking about it. Skip forward 30 seconds. Uh, or one and a half speed skips forward a minute. <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, so first off, like you said, the the numbers were so close. I was amazed at that. All all the winners were under ten million dollars, and for box office gross, that's pretty sweet. That's, that's you mean nice. uh, the difference is under ten million dollars? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Y'all, the, 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 what's the box office total, by the way? Um, when I did the contest, I don't remember. I don't. I have the wrong computer up with the spreadsheet. Sorry. I'll. I'll I think it was it. a little over hundred million. Yeah, I think so. Um, yep. So from that standpoint, the first closest person. Jamie, congratulations, Jamie. You get your choice of a $25 gift from Fun Again, or not a gift, a gift card, or from Broken Token. And he got 1.4 million. What's his difference? Amazing. Uh, there's a couple Jamies that may listen to it. It's Jamie J. Jamie J. Okay, Jamie Joss, I think it's quite okay if we say it, because he, he is a great supporter of the show and everything like that. So, yes, Jamie, congratulations. You're within, what, less than one and a half million away. And the second place, uh, which is, uh, I'm just looking at uh, Gmail, it starts out uh, Bilko. Bilko. Uh, it was four million away, and then uh, Mark uh, Paquette was a little under eight million. So you guys were really tight with each other. Now is Blicko Jake from Draft Mechanic? I can't remember. God, oh, I can't. You, you really shouldn't say things like this without one hundred percent knowing. Well, I just say I can't remember. I don't know if it's not. It's Blicko. Either way, he's the winner. So Jake, if that's not you, sorry, dude. We'll talk later. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, congratulations. So Blicko, you've got your choice of a 15. No, 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 not Blicko. He was came in second. What, wow. It's Jamie Joss won. Yeah, he won, but we had three awards. Oh, we did? Oh my wow. gosh. Do you not listen to the show? Wow. You mean, wow. Dang. I didn't realize that. Where is it? Where are these funds coming from? Exactly. So Blicko <laughs> won 15. You get a choice of a $15 gift card to either Fun Again or The Broken Token. And of course, Mark, you've got the $10 choice between Fun Again and The Broken Token. But I'll be contacting y'all shortly before this show probably drops. But anyway, you'll know about it. So congratulations to our three winners. Way to go! Speaking now, let's talk about another box office that is just killing it. And you mentioned oh, it Lord. during Transformers, more than meets the eye, but not at the box office. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. I want to go see it. I want to go see it. Yeah. After all these years, after all these years of, of harping on this movie and Dan Patrice constantly tells me, it doesn't matter what, what critics say, it kills at the box office. I finally bought into it. My second pick of the summer movie was Transformers The Last Night, and it is bombing. It is tanking. Finally, the U.S. realizes that Michael Bay should stop making Transformers. Why did it have to be now, though? Because I had a good chance to win this thing with Wonder Woman and what I hoped was Transformers. Right now, it's tracking uh, over $60 million behind where Transformers 4 was with the, with this number of days into the release. Michael Bay, you screw me every time. You shouldn't have gone with it. I believe Patrice. He's like, it always makes a killing, and it does. But he also said... Pirates of the Caribbean, and I went with that, and it's doing very well. It's an actually, yeah. I enjoyed that movie. Very good movie. I recommend people go to YouTube, go do a search on Transformers The Last Night Review, and just look at the thumbnails. Most of the thumbnails are people doing face palms. It is so funny. I counted six the other day. I just did a search and looked like six people, and their thumbnails from the review are just like with their head in their hands. It was like, oh. That, that should tell you something right there. And well, it's funny. One of the reviews I uh, watched was a person named Angry Joe. He gave it like a two out of 10. But he said, I need to revise it because he said this movie is so bad that it's teetering on good. So he jacked it up to four out of 10 <laughs> just so people might go see it. He said that at the end of the movie and the big climax where it's supposed to be all serious and anything, he said people in the movie were just laughing because they couldn't believe how ridiculous it was. Oh, I had hopes. I had hopes. I really, I, I did want to go see it because you got to see the robots on the big screen. But now I'm going to be eating my words. I may have to just uh, stream it. But for those of you who just joined us because you listened to us with from our interview with Mr. Eric Lang in The Godfather, we are a board gaming podcast, believe it or not. You wouldn't know it. And we haven't even touched on food yet. So, you know, so, so far, so good. I tell you what. So before we lose a whole bunch of people... How about we talk about some of the games we got coming up? For instance, we're going to talk about the new Red Raven game from Ryan Lockie, Near and Far. Now, I'm a fan. I'll admit it. I I really enjoyed City of Iron. I enjoyed Far and Below. I haven't gotten to Islebound. Far and Below. You want to try that one again? Uh, Far and Below. Good gosh. (laughs) Above and Below. Far and Below. Far and Below. (laughs) Above and Below, yeah. Above and below, near and far, fine, fine. But uh, I enjoy that one a lot. As even if I can't get the name right, above and below. So near and far, that's on the agenda for tonight. What else we got, Marty? As you think through everything. Oh, again, as we, after we talk about all of our shenanigans going on all our trips, we're also going to review another hot game from Origins that I really didn't know a lot about till I got there and tried it, and that sentiment. From Renegade Games, another kind of little breakout hit from the show, and we'll see if we like it. But wait, there's more! Mr. Bonacore, the Pawfather himself, allowed, he let the Southern gentleman bring home pit crew. Because NASCAR, believe it or not, was born in the Carolinas. So who else should be able to sit down and enjoy pit crew and give it a full Southern review? But us. So we get to talk about pit crew. And we're also going to talk about Love Letter. Yep, that's right. A new version of Love Letter from AEG came out. I was like, oh, I can't believe you guys are doing this. But there's a little bit of a twist on this one, which is why I want to talk about it. It's Loved 
Lovecraft letter. And people now probably just put all their heads in their hands, probably going, oh, jeez, another Cthulhu-themed game. But yes, we're going to be uh, talking about it too. So, Tony, that seems like a pretty full show right there. Yes, it does. And I'm happy to get started. Are you happy to get started? I'm I'm excited to get started. I'm, I'm ready to talk about Near and Far. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. All right, I already screwed up. It's Ryan Lockett, but that's okay. Y'all know me. That's just the way I am with designers' names. I apologize. Now, Marty, in this game, near and far, I don't know if you've encountered this, but the way you win is get the most victory points. Woohoo! Well, and that's kind of appropriate for this game because at its heart, even though it has a really great theme of you're assembling uh, these people that are going to uh, go around town and collect resources, then go on an adventure. Really, this is a pretty straight up Euro. Yeah, there's some dice included, but those luck of the dice are pretty well mitigated. This is all about being efficiently at collecting resources and going out and trying to generate the most victory points as quick as possible. This is where Ryan comes through. He builds in the quest mechanism of the adventuring. Yeah, you go to a town where you can place your workers and like you said, gather up people or go to a mine to gather up coins and gems. There's reputation, but you go out in an adventure and you can do the questing, which is a really neat aspect where you may find additional resources or one of the neat aspects where you kicked my butt at was the camps. Putting camps out there, you can generate coins and gems as well. That's a really neat thing. But the other thing about the camps, Marty, is the timer. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the camps are basically what triggers the end of the game. So everybody has 14 camps. Whenever somebody gets all camps out uh, on the board, uh, you'll finish up your current round, and that that triggers the end. But you get camps out by going out to uh, the mines. Uh, As you uh, travel, you accumulate so many hearts based on uh, whoever's in your party. You can spend hearts to set up camps. You can spend hearts to help complete quests because you're going to have a decision when a quest is read to you uh, that you must take some sort of skill test. And if you fail based on uh, the dice that you roll, you can spend hearts to take care of that. The rewards for those quests, like you said, Tony, will give you things that you can use to go back into the town to buy other mechanisms to get victory points. But Tony, there is one rule that is an unwritten rule, but it seems like everybody plays uh, this way. And what is that? you got to do it with an accent. When you read the quest to the individual, it has to be an accent and hopefully an accent that people can understand and that they'll pay attention to. And they're not laughing and crying and wetting themselves because you try to do a Scottish accent that turns into a British accent that turns into a Southern accent, Mark. <laughs> actually that's actually part of the fun of the game when yeah. i got to play this at origins it was the same thing we we had a blast with that you know what uh this game i was at first worried about tony because it's like oh this is going to be a campaign mode because the maps are actually not on a board it's in a book it's in a spiral bound notebook and the maps are, are laid out from that spiral bound notebook and you go and play on it and you can play through quest you can play through the campaign develop some backstories for your characters and everything But lots of times I don't have to do that. And that's where Ryan took care of us with the arcade mode, Tony, which is really cool. Yeah, I like that from the replayability. Now, one of the other neat aspects is we mentioned worker placement. And what's one of the biggest things about worker placement is when someone is on a spot, you can't go there. 
Ryan took care of us there. He says, if you want to use something, go there. You are allowed to use it. Ah, but you've got to duel that individual there. And if you roll higher than they do and you add up all the swords, you may now use it. If you don't, then you cannot use that spot. That was a really neat, ingenious mechanism that he put in there. And reputation is one of those things that's part of getting victory points. You can spend reputation to help mitigate dice rolls as well. So, you know, that I really enjoyed about the game, but it was also a con because you lose your turn if you don't do well and you roll those stupid ones. Yeah, and a lot of this is also about building just the correct set of companions. You want some companions to help you move along the trail further. Some that generate hearts that you can use to spend. Some that are good for looking for things. Some that are good for fighting. And you can collect multiple people. When you go questing, you can assort them however you want. You take uh, four people out there, however you want to go onto the trail with. So it gives you a lot of options, but collecting those also helps generate victory points. And that's the whole goal, Tony. Beginning of the game, you're given some, some objectives cards that you're trying to complete. Typically, it's done by paying resources right? So part of the game is you're trying to get those resources that you'll need to complete those objectives that you can put into play and get victory points. And plus you get victory points for putting camps out many ways to get victory points, which is why I said, this is just a really good, strong Euro. Yeah. And now you talked about those objective cards, just like a ticket to ride type of get the train tickets here. You can go in town and get those and you are penalized for not completing them as well. So that's something you got to keep in. So there's a kind of a give and take. You've got to balance it. Now for me, above and below was one of my favorites. This one for me, Near and Far, I would probably play Above and Below before Near and Far. Both are excellent games, and I'm so glad they're on my shelf. Yeah, and for me, I probably like this one a little bit more than uh, Above and Below. I just like the mechanics of this one, of it, the, the worker placement aspect of it. I just seem to grasp it a little bit better. But regardless, Red Raven Games and Ryan Lockett are hot right now. Whenever he talks about a new game coming out, Everybody gets excited, and I love to see smaller publishers like this uh, really uh, get all the credit that they're due because he's putting out great games, great art. Highly recommend checking out Near and Far. Five-minute initiative is complete. While you were recuperating from your Rocky Mountain gaming vacation that we'll hear about in a little bit, I was off to Columbus, Ohio for one of my favorite cons of the year, and that's Origins. And this one, like all the other years, did not disappoint, had a fantastic time. This con for me is always one of those. It's great just to get with friends and hang out and talk. There's not a lot of pressure like there's a Gen Con. There's not a huge amount of games coming out, so you can kind of get around and, and see everything that's going on. And I did that, and I ate really well, too. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got around and you ate really well. I got around at Origins. Yes, you did. I saw a video about you getting around. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Why? I, what? What video are you talking about? Because oh, I'm not the, sure what we're talking about The last day, you and Chaz goofing off in the hotel. Doing oh, yes, that. yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll come to that in, yeah. a, in a second. Well, but, my, you know, I got two questions for you, that, and I'll be satisfied with your origin. First off, was was Beth there? Was Beth there? Stronghold booth, goodies. Oh, my gosh. Yes, she was. In fact, she uh, tweeted. Uh, she said, uh, by the way, I have tweets. Are you coming by? And she has tweets. What I say? Tweets? She tweeted that I have tweets. She tweeted that I have tweets because I am Tweety Bird. Uh, Tweety Bird. No, but Tweety Sylvester Bird. that talks like that. No, tweeted that I have back. tweets. Yeah. Anyway. She tweeted that she had, I can't even say it. She had some, <laughs> she had some baked goods, Tony. She had some baked goods that I had to go try out. And she makes some of the, there's these little chocolate covered uh, brownie 
cakey things that, oh, every time I walk by the stronghold booth, I would dip my hands in there and like get handfuls of cookies and stuff and eat them. Love that stuff. And I hope that she's going to be at Gen Con because she, uh, she, that, that woman can do some baking. So yes, I, I enjoyed all sorts of goods and eats from all the different restaurants and everything. And I, and the second question, I saw no pictures of Pikachu. I did not say Pikachu's butt. I don't think Pikachu's butt was in the air this year. If it was, I totally missed it. Didn't see him unless I just never looked up. And it could be I never looked up. But also then there was not a lot of this uh, hashtag Pikachu's butt that I was seeing going on on Twitter too. So I, I assume uh, Pikachu's butt was not there. Okay, I'm done. Now you can talk. <laughs> I, uh, I tell you, there was uh, several uh, hot games that came out. And we talked about earlier how we had uh, Emerson on with Century Spice Road. There was one of your hot games from Plan B Games. The game sold out. Uh, they had a really nice mat there. I saw people playing it all over the place. They really enjoyed it. The demo tables were always full. Emerson was there talking to people, being the the great, wonderful Emerson that he is. When uh, people come up and talk to him, such a nice guy. If you get the chance, make sure to go do it. My only disappointment is, is I did not get to play an Emerson prototype this time. Why not? Yeah, he may have done some prototypes, but it, we just never crossed paths when, when he was uh, doing it. I should have been more uh, proactive in, in uh, doing such, but uh, but never got a, a chance to. Another hot game uh, that was there was actually it was a hot booth. Mm-hmm. Renegade Boost was really hot this year. Uh, Sentinel, which we're going to be talking about in a little bit, and uh, which was really popular, but also a two player trick taking game called Fox in the Forest. Mm-hmm. They had limited numbers there and they were gone instantly. And Tony, I know you like your trick taking games and I know you like two player games. So I think this is one that you and your wife may really enjoy. Well, good. I mean, it's not like I don't have enough of those in here, but so let's add one more to it. And I, you're right. Renegades knocking it out of the park, you know, and, and that's great for them. Congratulations to them. Congrats to Emerson for his sellout on Century. And I mean, and I'll talk about it at Rocky Mountain as well as what we were talking about it. But still, that's good for him. Good for him. <laughs> Just good for him. I'm proud of him. He did You're good. struggling for words. Are good for him. Good. Good for him. I'm so happy good for Emerson. Good for him. But, and, good but, for Emerson. Okay. So did you get in enough strike? Because I got it. If you still need to play some strike. Did I even play one game of Strike? I didn't play any Strike. <laughs> yes, you did. There's a picture. There's a picture, but I'm not playing. I gave up my seat to somebody else so they could play because a lot of people had not played. And you know Rodney and his his Strike thing. So I said, here, please take my place so that you, you can experience this game. So no, I did, I did not play Strike. And uh, I'm okay with that. But what I did get to play was a really cool game that I was not expecting to like. And that's a game from Bezier. Uh, games called Where Words. Mm. Have you ever played the game party game called Insider? No, I have not. It's basically a really gamey version of Twenty Questions, and that's what this is. Yes, I know it's it's a werewolf theme game, and I know people are saying I'm getting tired of the whole werewolf theme party games, but just just hang with me. Uh, the thing is, is is that just like in Werewolf, you have villagers, wolves, and the mayor. But the the trick is, is that there is a word that you're trying to guess that the mayor knows. The theme is, is like, hey, there's this word that if you guess it, the werewolves will magically die. At the beginning of the round, uh, the uses it's an app-based game. The mayor gets to pick a word that he's trying to get everybody else to guess. The werewolves also get to see that word. So then when everybody opens their eyes, you got a four minute timer. People start asking 20 questions. Is he, you know, person, place, thing, whatever. And he has these tokens he can answer with yes, no, or maybe. 
So over the course of the game, the villagers are trying to figure out the word, but the werewolves are trying to throw them off the scent, ask stupid questions, waste the questions that are asked, just totally throw them off base. After four minutes are up, if the villagers didn't guess the word, then you try to figure out who the werewolves were. If you do guess the word, the werewolves have a chance to win because there's one other role, and that's the seer, who's part of the villagers. But the seer also got to see what the word is. So the seer can kind of guide them back on the track. If they're way off, the seer can kind of like maybe ask a question to get them back on pace. The werewolves have a chance to guess who the seer is, and they win. That's it in a nutshell, but it is so much fun. I bought a copy instantly. I demoed the game, walked over there, and uh, told uh, Ted Allspock, you know what? Yep, I want this. Here's 20 bucks. Give me a copy of this game. Then we played it that night. So good. I'm sorry. I was yawning. What were you saying? Here's the nice twist. The mayor could be the werewolf. Okay. So the guy that's trying to throw you, that's trying to, you're trying to guess the word of, could be the guy that's throwing you off. Now the balance comes because the seer knows what the word is. And so if the mayor is so far off with the answers they're giving, the seer can go, I think he's a werewolf. Well, Tony, that happened to happen. <clears throat> there was this one situation we were playing one night. It was, I uh, got uh, some guys from the secret cabal. It was Chaz. I think Joel, Joel was there. Uh, Rodney, myself, uh, uh, Rich Summer from uh, Cardboard Cast. We, it, it plays a big group of people. So we're all sitting around playing. It just so happened I was the seer. And as the seer, I get to see what the word was. The word that we're trying to guess is textbooks. Okay. Rodney is the mayor. So people start asking questions and, and Rodney's kind of all over the place. Uh, everybody's kind of all over the place. We ain't getting anywhere. People are like, what's it made of? Um, is it made of plastic? No. Is it made of steel? No. Is it made of wood? No. And, and finally, after a little while, it's like, all right, I've got to try to get people back on track as the seer. If I ask if it's made of paper, I feel like I'm going to reveal myself. So I said, is it, um, is cardboard involved? Rodney thinks for a second and he slides to me, maybe. I'm like, what? You know, most book covers are made of cardboard. You know, the, the paper could be considered like really thin cardboard. So that kind of threw me off track. Somebody then asked, is this something used by young kids? He slides, maybe. I went, wait a minute. Textbooks are all about kids and they have them in school and everything. We don't guess the word. So we get to the end and I say, you're supposed to point at who you think the werewolf is. And I convince everybody Rodney is. He, he, I said, his answers were horrible. We point to Rodney. He was a villager. <laughs> I'm like, Rodney, what are you doing? He said, well, he said, textbooks aren't always made of cardboard. No, but they typically are. Textbooks aren't always made of, made, you know, used by young kids, but they typically are. So he really screwed that up. So we played another he was round. Thinking, he, yes, he ended up being the mayor again. Guess what? I ended up being the seer again. The word is whittling. It's what? W h i t t. Whittling. Yes. You, you know, like carve wood. Carve wood. Exactly. All right. So we go down the path. We we're trying to figure out what's going on. We're, we're so off our track. So I asked the question: Is this an activity? Rodney says yes. Okay, fine. All right, let's get everybody on track. Somebody asks, "Is it a hobby?" And he goes, "Maybe." I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. Maybe. And I'm thinking, all right. Somebody says, can, can, is it a hobby? Is it something that you can buy? Rodney goes, maybe. Yeah. And then it was like, is, is he said, is it an aggressive hobby? Rodney says, yes. I'm like, holy cow. He's the werewolf. 
He's the werewolf. We're so far off track. So we lose. We don't get the word. I convince everybody to vote for Rodney again. He's a villager. I said, what are you doing? It's whittling. He said, yeah, but isn't that where you just take a knife and you just go out in the stick and you're on the porch and you're frustrated and you just like, and just carve it. I went, oh my gosh. He doesn't know what whittling is. No. That's what I had to deal with, Tony. Oh, man. And you want me to play this game? Well, but you know what whittling is. Yeah, but you know me and my frustration in these types of games where I deal with incompetence at any level. I'm going to get frustrated and say, just kill me now. Is there a kill me option? Is there a button that says, <laughs> I'm out? <laughs> no. It is. Uh, no, there is no player elimination. I am I am sorry. There, There is none of that. So you get to stay in there the oh. whole time. But anyway. That is a blast. I, I highly recommend uh, uh, trying that game out. A couple other things that we got to uh, do. Tony, you and I, oh, hold on. Big announcement because we have not officially told everybody this. Tony is going to be coming to Gen Con. At this time, I'm always going to throw in a caveat. Everything looks good. Everything is promising. I'm not, I'm 90% sure of it. Life should be good. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Tony's coming to Gen Con. So why this is important is, is because we've been asked to be a part of a charity event from Inside Up Games, where we're going to be getting together with other uh, media creators, such as the Blue Peg Pink Pegs and Brawling Brothers and Stephanie Straw and Chris Miller from... Uh, the secret cabal and we're going to be playing a game of summit in front of people for charity and i guess i can now tell you tony that congratulations you and rob from blue peg pink bag are going to be doing commentary on this game okay i can do that with rob this will be i'll be overshadowed with his loud booming voice but i can manage that yeah so you two guys were going to be commentating this game as as we played and and people are going to be able to come out and this is a, a, a thursday night event and we'll put a link in our blog for you can go sign up and get tickets and come out and hang out with us well we had a chance to sit down and play this game because he just wanted to demo it to us and then we got a copy of us for so we make sure we know how to play it this is a really cool themed game where you're trying to climb up a mountain and you're you're trying to get to the top and then race down to the bottom but along the way there is a lot of backstabbery going on or more or less as ice picks in the back because this is a cutthroat game and which is why this is going to make it a really cool game uh, to see play live and this is a game that i think a lot of people will enjoy this was a huge success on kickstarter uh, but what's so cool is if you don't like the cutthroat game there's a co-op version of the game there's a solo version of the game he's included all these different versions of the game that that is really neat so i can't wait for you guys uh uh to see this and tony you and i will play it and, and we'll talk about it more in the future but so i got to do that uh, with them and that's for that charity events will be coming out so i really want everybody to consider uh coming and checking us out uh for that also we had another charity event tony that i got to be a part of last year Chaz and I uh, did a charity event for the Jack Valson Memorial Fund for Team Vest. And uh, somebody uh, had won, and I was talking to them, and we decided to play Century. Now, what was so cool is, unbeknownst to Joanne, that's the person who won, is that I had Rich Summer come and play, and I had Rodney come and play and teach the rules, and then Emerson was there, presented her a copy of the game, and signed it. See, he's such a good guy. Yes, that was really, really neat. But what was such a cool twist was the pleasure was ours because jo- Joanna was such an awesome person. She had an incredible wit. She would come to find out she was a, a police officer. She works for the campus police for Ohio State. And she was telling us all these stories. Uh, she, she was like, she passed the bar. She went to law school, passed the bar. 
decided not to do that and became a police officer. Wow. And by the way, it's the Ohio State. Just want to make sure you Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. Um, <laughs> I, I don't respect it that much. Um, <laughs> you don't work with anybody, do you? I, I do. And I say Ohio State. And then when they try to correct me, I just blow them off. Uh, anyway, so she is a really super nice person. It was so interesting that the more we found out about her as the night went on, it was like, we just want to talk to you. Don't talk to us. We want to hear what you have to say. She has such a great story. And the next day, it was so cool. She came around and gave all of us a challenge coin from her department, uh, which was a really touching thing for her to do. And Joanna, thank you so much. Thank you so much for supporting our charity. And it's such a pleasure to meet you. And I I hope to uh, hang out with you again in the future because it was one of the highlights by far the con. And even after I, afterwards, when I was talking to Rich and Rodney and Chaz, all of us said that right there was a highlight event for us. So uh, it was funny. She paid to play with us, but the pleasure was in us getting to play with her. So that was really neat. Of course, another highlight of Origins is the food. And I'm not going to harp on this too much because everybody talks about how great the food is. And it is the North Market's great. I finally got to try that fried chicken place. I never had a chance to try before because it was always so crowded. Got to go there a couple of times. I'm glad I did because they actually have sweet tea, which is a Southern boy needs a sweet tea when he gets out of the South. So I really enjoyed that. And... I got to go back to one of my favorite sandwich places, not once, but twice, and that is Melt. It's this place where they make these humongous sandwiches that some of them are deep fried and there are all these different combinations and everything, and it is a lot of food, and there is a lot of cheese, and I went there twice. I went one time with Christina Rob Patrick from Blue Peg Pink Peg plus Chaz Marler, And people may be wondering when a bunch of board game media get around and uh, a table and eat, and and they probably wonder, what do you talk about? You probably talk about tricks of the trade or games you've played. No, we had a very engaging discussion on local grocery store chains. That's exactly what we talked about for, for quite a while. And in fact, I gave them uh, some news of a merger that was happening around here. And I'm not going to talk about it too much, but if you want to find out more about it, you need to go ask uh, the blue peg, pink peg folks uh, about this local merger that we're having around here. But then I also went again, which uh, with a bunch of the guys from uh, the Kabbalist group and Rodney and rich and a friend of ours that came in from LA, Dave, some of them have never been before. I was harping. Let's go. Let's go. They reluctantly went and luckily they all enjoyed it. But we were all kind of hurting afterwards. Well, I bet. Did you not take your Pepto and your Toms and all that and prepare yourself? I did not. And also at your advanced age, people our age tend to become lactose intolerant. So you need to be careful about that in the future. So next year, if you go back to Origins, you need to get the kids meal. You need to get the cheese sandwich. Just the cheese sandwich. Boring. And here's the thing, we got we all got like half sandwiches. I mean, we had a blast sitting there talking everything, but after we were done, we we're like, oh so wrap it up. Secret Cabal. Wrap and your it roomies. up. We'll take a secret cabal meetup. It's incredible as always. Always a lot of fun just hanging out all night long. Those guys do a fantastic job. If you're going to Gen Con, uh, make sure to go check that out. And I must apologize to all the secret cabalists who listen to our show and their show. Because in the past, Jamie has these incredible stories that he tells from those that he rooms with. There's blood, there's mischief, there's spilled drinks, there's broken bottles, there's cut foreheads. 
So Chris and um, Jamie roomed with me and Rodney, and there's really no stories except that um, Chris slept all day and we all went to bed early. So I apologize to all the secret cabalists. There's not any really great uh, origins, late night stories this year from our side. I'm hoping that Steve and his group has much better stories than what Jamie had because I I let Jamie down. It's like, uh, Jamie, stop talking and we got to go to sleep. Well, it's exhausting. I mean, you're there, you're, you're on the high, and then suddenly you crash. And once again, it's an age thing, dude. You, just, you can't burn the candle at both ends like you used to, man. Accept your fate in life. What yeah. can we say? But did you get your free glass? I did get my free glass, and that's from Barley's. Barley's. Which, uh, and you always have to go early to get it. Yeah. And I did get to check out three games. Uh, some games are coming out at Gen Con that Tony, Codenames Duet, you must buy it. You've got to buy that game. Okay. Codenames Duet takes it from a game that's a party game to a heavy, heavy thinking game. Oh, yeah. That's right up my group's alley. No, no, no. It's just you. It's two player. It's better Ooh. with two player. Oh. Basically, you got a two-sided uh, Codenames card. You have nine that you're trying to get them to guess. They have nine you're trying to get you to guess, but there's three assassins. But what's neat is is that one of your words is one of their assassins and vice versa. Oh, that is. And then three of the words are the same. Oh, and it's time. You only got like nine moves in order to get it right. What I will be heading over to CGE and get a copy of that immediately. Likewise, we got to play the restoration games with Rob Davio. Downforce, Tony. That's my jam. Okay. I enjoyed Downforce. And I look forward to Top Thief. I hear it's coming. I know it's coming. That's what my Kickstarter keeps telling me. So I'm like, so. I saw it looks good. We saw the app. It looks great. And there's also an uh, indulgence, which is another trick taking game that looks really cool. So that's something else that we'll be talking about later on at Gen Con. But Origins, a fantastic time. I know I'm probably missing out on a lot of stuff that I did, but there was just, we crammed so much in, into that week and it was, it was so much fun. <laughs> Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. One of the hot games from Origins was Sentinel from Renegade Games, and this is designed by Alex J. Alex Kern, who also did games like uh, Gold West, which I, I really enjoyed. It was one of those games that's really thinky for simple rules. Same thing here, Tony. This game is, I guess, a combination of dice manipulation and area control where you're going to be trying to collect 12 cards over the course of a game and put them in between two of the five dice that you roll at the beginning of each round. And then the round, you're going to have four cards. But what's needed, the dice manipulation, Tony, is the, is the cool part of the game where you can increment or decrement your dice based on what's in the upper left-hand corner of the card. It actually tells you, but there's a condition on the card that you're supposed to meet to get points. It could be that either side must be equal to five. One must be greater than the other. One must be less than the other. You add the two together and you get uh, points based on that. But Tony, there's more to it than that. If it was just that, it would be kind of boring because they also threw in like this area control thing. When you claim a card, you put out an, oh, what is that thing called? An ally? Oh, I don't know. It's a tall... Meeple it's thing. a worker. It's Just a worker. A little worker. They're all little workers. Meeple. Some are better than others because they're taller. Who knows? Either way, they count for something in area control. You are out there putting that guy out there and saying, when I claim this card, I'm going to put out one. Ooh, or maybe I should put out 
a second, his secondary helper. But those secondary helpers help block the effects of the card. And that is key. There's the thinky part. You've got to really man- think about how are the rest of the cards going to be man- manipulated and my dice be manipulated? Do I sacrifice points for this area control? It is a, like you said, a very, very thinky game. One that when you first told me about it, I was like, eh. But man, once I got into it and I was looking at it, I was like, this, this is solid. I'm enjoying this. I like it. But there was some downtime because there was nothing for me to do while I was waiting my turn because the board kept changing. So I couldn't play out a lot of strategy there. That to me was kind of one of the bad things from it. So the analysis paralysis also could set in on some people. But, you know, it moved fairly quick. It didn't seem like it was taking forever for me. No, it it didn't. And, And the part of the area control that we mentioned, what you're trying to claim is these tokens. And these tokens also represent the type of cards that you have picked up. And at the very end of the game, you're going to add up all those certain types of cards. For example, there's industry and there's transport. And you take those number of cards times the number of tokens you have claimed via that area control mechanism Multiply the two together, and that's worth victory points. So there's two ways to score victory points. By satisfying the conditions on the card each round, or by having a certain number times those uh, tags that you've collected during the course of the game. And it's that decision that it really makes the game kind of tough to try to decide what to do. That's where the AP comes in. It's like, do I sacrifice points on the card because I know I can't meet the conditions in order to get that tag? Because I know I'm going to have a lot more of these cards at the end of the round. It'll give me more points at the end of the game. And I think it's that part where the AP really start to set in. Right. And it's the end scoring. You've really got to think about it because the end scoring, that multiplication on your number of cards that meet either the factory or the social or whatever they are called, that is a big thing. Do you sacrifice three points in the scoring by not getting that card effect because, oh, I lost out three points of victory here? But I got that area control, so I know I'll be multiplying by the number of cards I have at the end. And by gosh, if you don't remember the end scoring is multiplication and you have five cards and yet you didn't get that little token, five times zero still is zero. That is sometimes a real pisser for people. Let me tell you, because that <laughs> made me not so happy. Now, for me, love the game. I'd put it on my shelf. Oh, in a heartbeat. And for me, the negatives probably are, it's like, there can be some AP. And for people who don't like AP, there will be some here. Again, it was okay for me, because I would just go around and talk to people as, as everybody else was doing their turn. The theme is, the idea is you're trying to collect robots and get them to do stuff for you. It's it's a Euro, so the theme is, is kind of uh, light there, but that doesn't matter. It's the mechanism behind it that I really enjoy. It's this give and take, this pull and push of the of trying to manipulate the dice to get points or instead trying to get the most workers in an area to try to clean that token to get points at the end a uh, nice little brain burner it's one of those that after after the game is over you go back and you think about if i did this i did this and it's those type of games that makes you want to immediately play again another hot game from renegade games that's sentinel Highly recommend you check it out. I think it's going to be a a really popular one. By the way, were the robots in disguise? Five-minute initiative is complete. So a hot new game is Spoils of War. And as with all games, getting it to the table is very important and having it ready to play. And that's where the Broken Token can come to your rescue. They've just designed a Spoils of War insert for you 
take a look at it. Go to thebrokentoken.com. And while you are there, be sure to check out all their other inserts because you know that Gen Con is coming up. You know they're going to have a whole bunch of new products for all those great new games. So be sure to constantly be going over to thebrokentoken.com and check out what's coming out of their laser presses next. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. AEG has released yet another edition of Love Letter, and probably most people have played Love Letter, even though, Tony, you said you've never played it. I know you had. I played once. Anyway, this version is called Lovecraft Letter, which is a Lovecraft theme game. And this plays pretty much like any other version of Love Letter, except with a nice little twist. And here you can go insane. They're actually an insanity cards. And when you play, put them into play, you're considered insane at that point. And when it comes back to you, you have to draw a card off the top for each insanity card you have in play. And as long as you don't draw another sanity card, you can continue the game. But the, when you're insane, there's like extra text on the cards that are super powerful that you can do that's really cool. But if you do draw on the same card, you're immediately out of the game. Now, Tony, this little twist is enough to me to make it uh, probably the love letter version of game that I'm going to play. And for me, scenes how I've only played the first one and now this one, that'll be the only one I'll ever play again because other than me, it was just me guessing numbers. That was it. I think I was guessing oh, numbers all night. There's a little bit more of the love letter no, than that. No, there wasn't. I guessed your number twice, and I guessed Mark's number once, and that's <sighs> all there was to it. So, And then Mark explains to me, by the way, the parentheses tell you how many number of these cards are in there. Oh, look at that. Oh, exchange cards, show cards, compare. Who's bigger? Than, uh, fine, whatever. But you're right. I will play it again. I'm not trying to be too mean. I would play it again. If I needed to, but the game went freaking forever. Yeah, that's the bad thing. It has the same effect of Love Letter. We play with five people. The winning, uh, whoever's last, if you have any insanity cards in play, you gain an insanity token. If you don't, you gain a sane token. Well, the first of three insanity tokens or two sane tokens win when you're playing with five people, it can tend to drag on a while. But look, if you're looking for another new version of, of Love Letter, check this one out because the components are incredible. Nice, nice uh, poker chips are used during the game it's got a nice magnetic case it comes with sleeves for your cards uh if i'm ever going to play love letter again it will be this version i love the theme the twist is enough and to me i'm this will be the one i keep on my shelf uh we still got some time hey do pit crew okay pit crew pit crew stronghold games jeff engelstein game this is a real simple team game that you're going to go out you are in the pit crew of a nascar and you got to get that car ready to go out there and race around the track. You are trying to move them out there. How do you do that? Well, quite simply, you're playing cards. You and your teammate are playing cards. You're trying to build up based on the number that is shown on the car. For instance, if it's a four, you and your teammate need to build either up or down, one off from one another. And when you get four cards on, it's like putting four lug nuts on. That tire is on that car, and you got to do four four tires on the car, you got to fuel that car up and that number has to equal the car number and or later rounds, the cards have to be in pairs. Oh my gosh, you're playing cards with your teammate. Once you get your car ready to go out the pit, you start rolling the dice and if you get a six, you start moving your car around the track. And then as soon as the other team gets their car out of the pit, you stop rolling the dice. Then you assess the negatives. Did you screw up your order? Did you misadd your numbers? Because <laughs> like that can happen, Marty. But either way, that's pit crew. Whoever completes the most laps and is in the lead at the end of three rounds, you're the winner. 
This, to me, Marty, was a fun little game to play. I actually, I, when I first heard about it, I was like, eh. But then when me and Mark were playing, I was having a blast. And I think a lot of it had to do with just how me and Mark were trying to communicate. That was the fun. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things that you're both slapping cards on the table. You're trying to, like you, like you said, do the increment, decrement. And if you don't have the right cards, you have to discard cards. But discarded cards counts as penalties. And Tony, a lot of our, you guys tore us up basically off of penalties because we kept discarding the cards. We couldn't add up right for the fuel and we were off because you, there's penalty points assessed. If you don't match the number that's on top of the car, um, it's a frantic little chaotic game that kind of gets the spirit of when you pull a car into pit row and you're frantically trying to change the tires on the car and get it back out. Except, you know, maybe when you forget a lug nut or something, then you cause problems. And that's, that's kind of what happened. But this, this is a frantic little fun fast-paced game designed by Jeff Engelstein. I tell you, this is one of those you just kind of pull out and play with a whole group of people and play in, you know, 10 minutes and, and be done with it and having a great time. Oh, it is a fun family game. So, you know, great price point. Congrats, Steve. This, this is one of those games. Give it a try, definitely. Pit Crew Stronghold Games. Enjoy it. Five-minute initiative is complete. One of the first things I want to talk about Rocky Mountain Gaming Vacation, Marty, is that in our townhome where we stayed, and there were three couples there. It was me, my, our good friends from Kentucky who are now in Charlotte, and our neighbors who have moved away and moved into what we call the Prune Village. Anyway, we all said, let's go to this Rocky Mountain Gaming Vacation. Let's get away because it sounded incredible to me, Marty. It's not about going into a gaming hall all day, dude. I know you enjoyed that. You did, didn't you? You enjoyed that at Origins. It was obvious from what you were telling me. Oh, well, yeah. I am go to a gaming convention to play some games. So that's exactly what I did. Well, Michael, who does all this, does an incredible job with this organization picks locations where it's a vacation where at the end of the day you have the opportunity to go into a huge boardroom and play games with other people who enjoy this hobby as much as you do so it's not one of those things where you can just go and fill yourself to capacity with uh i don't know cheese and be all miserable. No, here is a place where the town, the restaurants are within five minutes. There was, Wait, was that dig on me and melt? Maybe. Anyway. Okay. So, I mean, it, it was just so nice. So every day we would get up and we would have an adventure planned. It was going hiking or it was going to explore the town. Um, one time we went out there, we were going to go white water rafting. However, the temperature of the water was 59 degrees. That's a little cold. Ooh, that's chilly. And also, I said, we are going to do this hike to Lake Mohawk. It's in Breckenridge. By the way, this was in Breckenridge, Colorado, people. I don't know if you know this. About two to three weeks before we got there, they had almost two feet of snow. It was unreal, Marty. There was still snow. You could have gone skiing, dude. No, I went there to, to do some gaming, so that's what I would do. No, that's just it. The way. Oh, it no, worked. we're not doing We're not doing gaming yet? Yeah, I know because from the lack of pictures, I assume oh. you didn't do a lot of gaming. No, every night we went and played games. Every night okay. we did that. Michael had an incredible library. He loads up this U-Haul and brings this incredible library to the gaming convention. He had Gloomhaven there. Okay, he had yeah. he had uh, Star Trek Ascendancy, which I didn't play because I didn't have five hours to give up. We Sean and I got to play 
Blood Bowl, Sean from the Dukes of Dice. That's who it is. Mark Street was there. Mike Fitzgerald was there. And Mike Fitzgerald sat down with me and Mark Street, and we were playing Century. He had that at the Gaming of Friends whatever that thing is called up in Niagara with Alan Moon. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, gathering, gathering of Friends. Gathering. Yeah, gaming with friends, gathering with friends. Anyway, he was there, and he was telling me, he's like, this is Emerson's golden ticket. He has got, oh. the, ch- he has got the chocolate factory. Mike Fitzgerald said that. That is high praise from one of the most prolific designers in board games. Oh, yeah. But Mike, Mike was there demoing. I got to demo Diamond's Dice, which is mm. coming out from Stronghold Games. Where Ooh, how's that? It's a work in progress. We'll, we'll leave mm-hmm. it at that. Okay. But it's a neat little dice rolling game, manipulation game with the dice. Kind of a, it's supposed to be a bar game. Okay, and, and Mike's mm-hmm. working on that, so that was really neat. Um, he had his bike racing game there. I did not get a chance to play that. I finally got to play Viticulture, played that with six people. Never, ever will I do that again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I taught people ethnos, and uh, an individual was not happy when the third dragon came up, and they had been working so hard to get a set, and the third dragon came up. And they said, so now when I said, discard your cards. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, discard your cards. I don't get to play them? No. Uh Uh-oh. They weren't happy about that, it sounds like. They were not happy with that. So that was an issue. I taught Sean Lorenzo El Magnifico. Oh, how did he like that? Loved it. And for me to teach it to Sean, that should tell everybody just how simple that oh, game is. How difficult of a time y'all had. Oh, no. How, Bye. Uh, sorry. Yep. Yep. Oh, sorry. Okay. Anyway, food-wise, I know I can't compare it to the North Market, but there was the canteen that was incredible barbecue. I'm like, these people don't know barbecue. I'm from North Carolina. They had some good barbecue. They they did pretty well. Was it uh, um, beef or pork? Uh, both. Oh, okay, cool. They did cool. And there were two escape rooms in Breckenridge. We beat the one. Did you get an escape room in at Origins? I did not. We did play the uh, Unlock uh, version of a board game, which was really cool. I enjoyed that. So, but not a full one. No, I did not get to see a lot of moose eye out on the tracks, but I got to see a lot of moose waste and I got a picture of that. Uh, you didn't Instagram that either. I didn't know if that was appropriate, but I will put it on the blog if you need me to. Did you know that they look like little acorns? Moose poop. Moose poop looks like little acorns. I did not realize such a huge animal made such little pellet. There's not a lot of meese around here. The condo was stocked with bread and mead and breakfast. He had pop tarts. Pop tarts. Nice. What flavor? Strawberry. Nice. Frosted. Oh. Frosted, frosted strawberry. It was so, f- and Rice Krispie treats. Oh, well done. Before I cut over to let people who talk a lot better than I do, Sean and Mark, I sat down with them and we did a little session here and I'll share it with everybody. I want to say that Michael is moving it to Park City, Utah next year. He's going to a rotation. He's looking at Lake Tahoe, Breckenridge and Park City, Utah, maybe back in Montana. So, Marty, I hope that you and Vanessa will eventually get an opportunity to maybe just go out there and do a little vacationing and board gaming in the evening. 
it, it was so relaxing. I was so relaxed during this time, except when we had an issue with playing ethnos. It does sound cool. And it sounds like uh, a lot of people really had a great time. And again, this is going to be something they're going to be doing every year. And I'm sure that probably before the end of the year, he's going to open it up to start uh, getting reservations for next year, right? I believe he is. I mean, we had 80 people there. Um, he plans to probably do 100 next next year as well. And, and I'll admit, he has stuff planned in the evening. You had dinners with Mike Fitzgerald, and I don't know why he planned one with me, but he did that. I'm just like, dude, really? But I got to play Fuji Flush, and we were playing. Oh, um, what's you played that game of the Cthulhu game with Rich and all? We played his version of the game. It was uh, Don't Mess with the Cthulhu. Uh, for some reason, Rich decided to make his own cards. Mm-hmm. And he actually made a mouse game where there's a mouse and a rat trying to catch cheese. And so when we played the game, we played with his homemade cards that he colored with crayons. So the man's talented. The man's talented. Well, they they had the man something. Yeah, they had the offshoot of that, or maybe the original something about the bomb. I don't know. Yes, time bomb. Time bomb. They were they played that at the dinner all night. But I of course had my strike group going. I had strike Uh, out on the table. Of course you did. Of course I did. And one of the neatest things was I met Vandy from Switzerland. He had Ooh. heard about Sean and I talking about this, and he knew he was coming to the States. He scheduled his vacation, and he decided to go do this. But probably one of the neatest things was he brought me a gift, Marty. Oh, what did he bring you? He brought me a a Switzerland cowbell. That sounded really cool. Does it look different? Yeah, it's 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 got a picture of a cow that looks like a Swiss cow. Uh, he's got holes in him, and no, I'm kidding. And it's just it's just what the cows wear in Switzerland. It was really it's a it, he couldn't put a full one on there. But anyway, he brought me a cowbell. I met some really nice people, Susan, uh, just a whole bunch of people. I got a long list. But anyway, enough of me rambling. Enough of you rambling. Let's go over to where I sat down with Michael from Rocky Mountain Gaming, Icarus Tours, Mark Street from Board Game Corner, and Sean Ramirez from the Dukes of Dive. I have had the opportunity this week to have an incredible, I mean amazing, simply stupendous vacation because I have been at the Rocky Mountain Gaming Vacation. Not only has my wife been here, my good friends, but I got to see one of my favorite people of all time. Sean, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, I was wondering where that was going. I'm great. What do you mean you know where? You know well, where I was going. I don't know. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. I, I've I've been having a blast here at the Rocky Mountain Gaming Vacation with uh-huh. uh, with you and all of our other friends and uh, and our good buddy Mike Canvan. And uh, I'm just glad that Mark Street isn't here to ruin everything. I know. I mean, if Mark was here, every time I see him, though, they just they just piss me off. So I know. I just can't believe that. What? I mean, the video guy. What are you guys talking about? Oh, oh hey, Mark. Oh, hey, guys. Didn't see you there. You, How's it going, well, buddy? How? Oh, what are you doing here? Well, this is my backyard. I should be here. You should be here. What is? But Michael brought it here for you. I know, really, right? That's right, yeah, right here. Right here. All right, so let's go, our voices real quick. Well, I'm obviously Tony. We obviously have. This is Sean from the Dukes of Dice. I'm Mark Street from Board Game Corner. And Mike Canavan with Icarus Tours. Now, one of the neatest things that Sean and I got to do, Mark also, Mike gave us the ability to um, sit down with some people who listen to the shows. And, okay, so maybe people listen more to you than me at the last Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We don't. We we didn't. (laughs) I never keep track of numbers. Yeah. I I never do. I understand (laughs) I mean, there was a happy hour that you gave all the guests, and they were able to come out and enjoy appetizers with people. And then we had the dinners. We had Mike Fitzgerald here, and then us people. 
were here. And I mean, in a game library of any game, not maybe not the latest and greatest, but you had some of them. I mean, there was Gloomhaven here. And then we also had, oh, Oh, good gosh, I went blank. There was, what's another good one? Well, Star Wars Rebellion is here, here which is, yeah. which has been really hot. The Honshu. One, Honshu was here, which just came out from Renegade not too long ago. Yeah. But the game that's been on the table most oh, all week. Geez, you ain't kidding. Terraforming Mars. Why? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is it? Have you had to play, guys? It's oh, the really? artwork. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the best, sure that's the best <laughs> artwork. Could that's be the metal cubes. Nice. No, the ones that flake sometimes, like mine do. <laughs> but th- there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah. can you believe that Steven is going to have a third run of that? Yeah, it's you, awesome. Uh, oh. Yeah. And then, it's just well a deserved. phenomenally well fun game. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. It is so fun. fun. Now, you've been on both Sean and I's uh, show. Oh, uh, Marty and I, Rolling Dice and Taking that. <laughs> like I wouldn't pay for that. You wow. know what I'm saying? And, then and Sean and, and Alex's. Alex's. Yeah, the Dukes of Dice, yes. Tell us something. Why did you decide to do this? Well, it all came down to when, you know, I wanted to go to Gen Con one year, but my kids were about five years old that year, and I just couldn't kind of stomach taking a week off of work, leaving the wife and kids and going and spending quite a bit of money on going to uh, what is a great convention and I would recommend everyone go to. And I and I got to the idea, well, what if there was a way to go to a board game convention that you could bring non-gamers to or gamers that just aren't as excited about doing an entire week of gaming to at a great destination that a that was at a price that was no more than a normal vacation and everyone would have a good time. The gamers would have a good time. The non-gamer spouse would have a good time. The kids could have a good time. And that was six, seven years ago. And, you know, a year or so later, we put on our first Teton Con and we did that for three years. We switched the name to Rocky Mountain Gaming Vacation uh, and came here to Breckenridge. This is our second year at Breckenridge. You guys have seen the results over, you know, many iterations, uh, this being our fifth year doing it. Now, Breckenridge, it's gorgeous. I'll give them that. And if you enjoy the outdoors, I mean, nothing beats coming out of this incredible lodge, seeing the mountains, being able to take a oh, slight hike like I did today, guys. We tried to make it to this one place. Everybody looked it up, a Mohawk <laughs> Lake. Snowpack. That two and a half feet of snow up here that you got. Why? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's just unreal. But now next year, you're going to be in Park City. Is That's that correct? correct? Yeah, we're moving to Park City, Utah for next year. And then we haven't nailed down the details for the year after, but we're most likely going to be going to Lake Tahoe. So it'll be, and then probably back to Brackett. Most nice. And then we hope to rotate through those three destinations to be able to provide guests a similar gaming experience, but a varying time spending your personal time in the towns because those towns are very different you know breck is very much kind of the high altitude mountain town very uh, high altitude yes <laughs> but you didn't have any ill effects did you a little bit i was a, a little bit. little lightheaded i thought i'd be fine because i come from about five thousand feet yeah, no. but yeah. uh i adjusted i adjusted you, you, you get over it drink it's a lot of water thing. yeah you need to drink water yep. and then park city uh, you know, is the Olympics and has Salt Lake City right there. So not only do you have kind of a high altitude, not really high altitude, but a mountain town, very much like Breck, but then you've got the Olympic stuff there. Salt Lake City is about a 30 minute drive. So you got the Hobo Zoo, the aquarium, all that stuff. And then of course, you know, the horseback riding and that. And then Lake Tahoe being so close to Reno. Again, you've got, you know, the gorgeous Lake Tahoe area, but you know, the whole Nevada, Las Vegas, your Nevada, Reno gambling scene. Uh, if you want to do that. But Lake Tahoe also has all the hiking, all the horseback riding. So, you know, our hope is to be able to 
cater to a, a very varied crowd and while continuing to provide what I think is an outstanding gaming experience. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, what you provided here. So, first off, I'm going to say I didn't get to go whitewater rafting. I really wanted to, but it was 59 degrees out there. <laughs> and I, my, with my luck, I would fall in, and I was like, okay, I, do I want to rent a wetsuit? Do I want to do all that? But no, but you offered the white water, the horseback, the fly fishing. We've had some thunderstorms in the afternoon, yep. but yeah, that happens. It happens in everybody's, you know, location. I want to go on record saying that all the white water people said they were sweating through the trip. <laughs> so okay. I'm just throwing that out there. I also do not go white water rafting because last year the river almost claimed another duke. And I think it has unfinished business <laughs> with the Dukes. And Dan King was not here to exactly. rescue Sean. That's right. So. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, my favorite part was last night we were yeah. playing Century and Dan King's bothering Mark. That's right. <laughs> and what is up with this? Actually, I think we were bothering him. And, and then he never, bugged me later. So. He didn't bother Dan King. <laughs> now, I did learn something. Now, I, I did not know this. Being from the North Carolina mountains, and I do not go lo- looking for mooses and, mm-hmm. and elks and all that. But on the nature hike you provided that the lady took us out and we were able to go and seeing the ski lifts. That is crazy. I don't ski. How those people riding those little chairs? Oh, oh yeah. that's just yeah. crazy, <laughs> crazy. But she goes, no, I just want to point out to you that's moose poo, and we were like, I'm looking at they're the, they look like little acorns. I did not know that. <laughs> we had a live moose on the gondola. A lot of people saw it today. Yeah. No, we right. missed them. Yeah, there's a moose uh, down in the swampy area when you take the gondola up to one ski hill. And, and then a huge beaver lodge, and we looked for beavers when we were up at Mohawk Lake. Well, last night we had a fox literally yeah. standing right outside the window. And it wasn't our significant others, was it, gentlemen? No, no. Oh, you were running around. I'm like, like, what are you talking about? I'm a little slow on the uptake, all right? You've been here a long time. It's a nature company. I pay to drop off animals around the resort. Okay. The raccoon, the fox, and the uh, moose were all all from the nature company. So is this your guys' first time to Colorado? Um, I've been here many times for business. Okay. Um, so, uh, but I've always only gone to Golden. I've seen Buffalo Bill's grave, yep. but that's it. Okay. So, um, but I, I was here. We went down to Colorado Springs. We did, um, the Garden of the Gods. We went Ooh, downtown to Denver, did the state capitol tour, which is really cool. It is cool. That's a really neat tour right there. But all in all, but I do want to point out now, you guys and I haven't had a chance. I did not get the chance to demo with Mike Fitzgerald and some of his games. I did get um, Diamond's Dice. I don't know if okay. I can say that now, but who cares? It's on the record. <laughs> on the record. <laughs> now, well, y'all, the racing game, the bicycle racing game? Oh, Flamme Rouge. Yeah. Thank Flam- you for saying that. Sean. Yes, I you're, you're welcome. Uh, coming out, uh, I believe, at Gen Con uh, from Stronghold Games. Mm-hmm. They're bringing it over here for North American distribution. It was a lot of fun. I'm terrible at racing games, but I had a lot of fun with that. That was really cool. Better I, than Formula D? or? Oh, I'm terrible at Formula D. Okay. I like to better than Formula D. Absolutely. It, and it's super thematic. I, I, I like to cycle and stuff, so that really hits home. And the thematic part of that game comes across so strong, especially when you're doing the hills and, and uh, climbing them and going down the other side. That really comes across in how you play your cards. Really, really fun. Really like and I saw baseball highlights 2045 yep, sitting in the back. Was that a tournament that you set up, Sean? Or? Oh, no. That was just something that Mike set up with uh, just people who wanted to come play the game with the designer. I know Mike can't announce any special guests next year. But I know he's got people planned. We do. We have some. I, they're pretty much nailed down, but they'll be coming out when we um, have the website fully updated. A month or two. A month or two. So when can, a week or two, actually. 
Uh, now, I mean, we've had 80 people here. Right. You're, I've heard the staff talking about, and tell me, some of the people on your staff, they're, now they're volunteers, right? They are. I mean, we cover for all their expenses when they're here, but my staff members uh, come from a lot of different places. Uh, you know, my one of my good friends from high school, Mike Thomas, is our RPG coordinator. I know Sean did a number of his events. Uh-huh. I really like that. Absolutely. The, the Speed Dungeon, uh, made with Dwarven Forge, uh, scenery, he does that. That's been very popular. That's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was really cool. Amazing. Yeah. And then I have a number of board game guys. Some of them are previous guests that have decided, you know, or from early on in the trips when we used to be uh, in Teton, they've come on as staff. Uh, and then I have a friend of mine. This this year we tried out a uh, kind of a kid's night each night where uh, I had my one of my staff members' wife is a preschool teacher, and she kind of ran a kid's night so that the parents could leave the kids there. We tested that out this this year. I'm not sure whether we're going to be continuing that program. It was it was great. Um, it's just whether whether we'll need it. So because a lot of the kids were did great there right here in the game hall. Uh, oh yeah, I mean they were really great kids we had this year. And what amazed me, Sean, was that if you didn't know how to play a game, the staff was there for yes. you. Thank goodness. Yes, you know. In fact, if you want to learn some really difficult, crunchy <laughs> game like a Phil Eklund High Frontier, <laughs> the staff could teach you that. However, if you want to hear more about my High Frontier experience, be sure to check out the Dukes of Dice podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I appreciate that. Look at Thank that you. plug. And I'm sure, Mark, did you shoot any videos here? I'd hate for you not to get a plug Oh, here. I'm hoping we can shoot some video later today. That sounds like a plan for <laughs> <Yep>. me now. <laughs> uh, I will. So you mean it's here? I can say Star Trek Ascendancy? I could probably learn that here? You could. I made Mike learn it so he could teach it. Thank you for inviting us. It has been a pleasure. And thank you so much for stocking the pan. That's another thing, people. There was food and drinks there. That was part of the whole experience that we got to do. Because there were strawberry pop-tarts, the number one chosen thing. (laughs) Rolling dice and taking name board game geek poll of the week that I did a while. That was the biggest poll we had, gentlemen. Uh, What's your favorite flavor of pop-tarts? Go. Uh, Strawberry. Cinnamon. Strawberry. 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 You need to go. You need to try out the cherries sometimes or some of the other ones. But anyway, thank you so much, Mike, for having us. Guys, thank you so much. Once again, Sean Ramirez, the Dukes of Dice. Mark Street, Board Game Corner. Mike Hanavander, Chris Tours. Thanks for coming out, guys. So, this is typically where we talk about portal games. And, Tony, I'm kind of ill. I'm ill. At Origins, Chevy from Portal Games had First Martians there. Did Chevy tell me First Martians was there? No, he didn't tell me First Martians was there. I leave on Sunday. All of a sudden, there's pictures of First Martians sitting on the table in their booth that could be played. I didn't get to play First Martians. Why didn't I get to play First Martians? And now I'm upset. Well, then once again, let's do what Ignacy has asked her to do time and time again. Let's downplay the hype on First Martians. Yeah, we hear it's going to be an okay game. Stop wasting your time wanting this game so much. First Martian this, first Martian that. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever. There, I hope Ignacy's happy with us. We did what the man <laughs> asked. But if we didn't downplay it, it's going to be coming out in July, and there will be lots of copies at Gen Con, so you definitely want to go uh, check out uh, First Martians coming from portalgames.pl coming to your store very soon. Well, I just got to say once again, thank you to Sean and Mark for sitting down with me and definitely to Michael for having me out at the Rocky Mountain Gaming Vacation, Marty. It was such a great time. And Mark, 
was silly enough to include me in on a video review for the game Flatline. Who makes that? You would have to ask me that, and I am almost going to say renegade, or we're going to restart. <laughs> that's, that's exactly who you should say, which is why I said it, because it's like, renegade is on fire. It could definitely be for me, or for, um, we, we enjoy still playing Elder Sign, and this game, I could see where it could replace that, because it eliminates a lot of the AP, but, you know, Mark, he had to let me borrow a shirt, because I wasn't wearing an appropriate shirt for the video, and go over to the board game corner and check out my review of Flatline with Sean and Mark. That was a blast. Yeah, and I actually had a chance to shoot a, a video with uh, Chaz Marler from Paradise Paradise. He, on the last Saturday night, he said, hey, you want to shoot a video? It was like 11 o'clock. I went, yeah. Knowing uh, he and I, we just can't do a simple video. It turns into a skit. And then next thing we know, two hours later, we, we've wrapped it up. So it was a lot of fun to do. Uh, Chaz, thanks for having me on uh, doing that. Uh, you can go check that out on his channel at Paradise Paradise and just look for like the orange, Origins wrap up or something like that. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sure it was. Two hours, man. I would have been killing you. I've been like, let's go. Let's finish this thing off. Two hours of shooting on the last night for only a six-minute video. So that's it for me. I, I am done. I've spent enough time talking. You got anything else you want to add? Uh, yes, I do. Tony, we're going to be special guests again this year at our local convention, Mega Moose Con, which is going to be coming up in Richburg, South Carolina, August 4th. 5th and 6th. This is going to be the second year for Mega Moose Con. Our good friend from our uh, board game group, Mark, runs this con, did a fantastic job last year. He has this at a convention center in uh, Richburg. It is a super nice convention center, lots of room, lots of tables. Please, please consider coming and checking this out because this game, is, this uh, con is made by board gamers for board gamers. Yes, there will be some RPGs. Yes, there'll be a smidgen of miniature games, but this is all about board games. Tony, we had a great time last year and I can't wait to go again this year. I know. And the fact that I get to do another recording with you, so that helps out on the recording schedule where I don't have to waste one of my nights and I'm having the DVR back up on all the recordings again. That's a beautiful thing. Also, they're going to have an escape room there like they did last year. And Sal's Roadside Eatery Food Truck, which was a big hit because that was some pretty good food. Do you think we could get an ice cream cart and be outside? Oh, that'd be nice too. But anyway, so go check this out. You can go to megamoosecon.com for the details, pricing, and uh, you can get your badges there. And they have a weekend and daily passes. And we hope to see you there August 4th. Fifth and sixth. And for those of you who don't know, Richburg is just 30 minutes south of Charlotte, North Carolina. So if you're looking for that airport, there you go. And for the final thing on the show, we want to bid an adieu to one of the most popular cast in many years, and that is our good friends over Flip the Table. A few months ago, they decided that um, it is. They've had a fantastic time, but it is time for them to end the broadcast. And as of our recording, recording Tony, a couple of days ago, they recorded their last episode. And it's really sad uh, to see them go because they were around. They started six months before we did. They started in uh, early or mid uh, 2012, and they have been putting out incredible content. Uh, that's, you know, all the guys from, uh, Chris, the moderator to flip to Jared and professor laser books done an incredible job by taking 
silly games that nobody wants to play and talking to us about it, and people loved it. Oh, and I blame them for my desire to go find Monopoly Tropical Tycoon and force you to play it. (laughs) I really want it because it's not how much money you have. It's the amount of victory points at the end of the game that matter for that game. And it's a Davio, you know? Yeah. Uh, So anyway, so, you know, they say that uh, when you make content, you need to be first, the best, or different. And Flip the Table managed to do all three. They were the first to come out with this sort of format. They were the best at what they did. And they were definitely different in in what they did for the community. The community will be at a loss without those guys. Again, thank you so much for all the hard, long hours you put into that show. You guys put a lot into it. Thank you for leaving your episodes up. If you guys never checked them out, go check out uh, tableflipsyou.blogspot.com where they're going to leave all their episodes up, even though they're not uh, there anymore. They will keep the episodes up there so you can go back and listen to their last episodes, which is great because the games they cover, it's not the latest and greatest. It's stuff that's been around for a while, so their podcast will be ageless. also want to take this time to thank another family member of the podcast, Analog Gamers. As from some of you who may not heard, Analog Gamers uh, provided the t-shirts. They provided our squirrel shirts and our rolling dice and taking name shirts. He closed his doors on June the 1st, stopped taking orders from that, and we are working diligently at finding a replacement. It'll be tough to replace him for that, but thank you so mm-hmm. much for Analog Gamers for doing that and supporting the show so much. And Marty, I know that our supply is nil, and I know you got a lot of compliments yep. on the squirrel shirt, but once again, thank you so much for all you did for us. Yeah, exactly. And Tony, before he shut his doors, we got two of the last Watch It Played t-shirts. Surprise, he sent us one, so I'll get you yours as soon as I see you again. Oh, I appreciate that. So I'll be definitely wearing that at Gen Con whenever I see Rodney, just so people get confused because he and I look so much alike. You do. You're both very handsome Canadians. Yeah, right. All I need is those dark glasses, so that's okay. But anyway, thanks for listening. Keep rolling dice. And taking names. Thanks for listening. To subscribe, you can do so on iTunes, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. You can follow us on Instagram, Dyson Names, for that occasional picture every so often. Tony. Anyway, you can also follow us on Facebook, Roll Dice, Take Names, and join our BGG Guild 1589 and participate in our weekly poll that could be about anything. We'll see you all next episode. I'm sorry, Tony. Lovecraft Letter is nothing, nothing like Go Fish. Really? Okay, prime example. Do you have Cthulhu? It's the eight. Crap. Go Cthulhu. So you heard Marty talk endlessly about origin. Okay, so I got a little long-winded. I liked the show. It was fun. Fine. So if any of those games that he talked about piqued your interest, be sure to go check out funagain.com for their pre-orders. That's one of the best ways to ensure that you are going to be getting a copy. You heard us talk about Century. I'm going to tell you right now, even our local Carolina Tabletop game says he's going to have a tough time getting some copies in, so be sure to pick that up. I know Fun Again had them in stock at the time of the recording, but shoot, they may be flying off the shelves. Plenty out there, but be sure to grab you a copy. Go to funagain.com for all your gaming needs.